This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Well, thank you, and welcome to the show. Being an investigator for a big insurance company means traveling long distances and keeping watch on your expense account. Nobody better at that than Johnny Dollar. After each investigation, he meticulously records every purchase made on behalf of his company, and he gets every nickel back. Tonight, Edmund O'Brien, who portrays Johnny Dollar, is headed off to an unlikely site for his investigation of some skullduggery, Skull Canyon Mine. This is another in the adventures of America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator, Johnny Dollar. At insurance investigation, Johnny Dollar is only an expert. At making out his expense account, he's an absolute genius. Expense account submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar to Old Caledonia Insurance Company, Hartford, Connecticut. Attention, Oscar M. Wheaton, Chief Investment Counsel. The following is an accounting of my expenditures during my investigation of suspected skullduggery in the Skull Canyon Mine. Or, uh, Mr. Bones, who was that lady I seen you with last night? Or, messing with a mule train is one good way to kick off. Expense account item one. 25 cents. Tip to busboy who brought telephone to my table at the Blue Daniel Restaurant, Robertson Boulevard, Los Angeles, uh, where I happened to be uh, working on a case. Your call came right after the liver dumpling soup, taking me out of the soup plate and putting me in the soup. Now, this is the story, Dollar. You make notes and don't interrupt. Two years ago, this company made an investment in a bona fide working gold mine, the Skull Canyon Mine. That's just outside Twin Buttes, Arizona. I see. I said don't interrupt. That's just over the border from Nogales, Mexico. Now, up until three months ago, everything was fine. The profits shown by the mine were good. And then suddenly, our returns dropped 50%. However, operating expenses, man hours, and so on remain the same indicating there's been no fall-off in the removal of high SAR. Now, there's something wrong. We want you to go down there and find out what it is. Expense account, item two, $12.80. I decided that since you'd invited yourself to the table, dinner at the Blue Danube was on you. Oh, in case you're interested in what you didn't have, it was uh, that liver dumpling soup, veal paprikash, cherry strudel, and a small coffee. Enjoyed with that case I was working on. An eccentric millionaires who wanted to marry me for her money. She had yes, yes in her eyes, but when I told her I had to say goodnight immediately, she said, Oh, no. Expense account, item three. $120. Burns Lee Flying Service. Charter plane to Twin Buttes, where I checked into the Waterfield Hotel. Called the mine. 
and told the girl to answer that I wanted transportation out there. She said she'd come after me. Having seen too many Western movies, I figured she'd arrive in a buckboard, but instead she picked me up in a Jeep. Hey, slow down, will you? Before my teeth start falling out. Oh, sorry. I, um, forgot you were tenderfoot. That's not where I'm tender. Uh, By the way, Miss Borland, how far is it out to the mine? 23 miles. Oh, no. Is the road like this all the way? Oh, no. About another half mile out of town, there isn't any road at all. Oh, Oh, if I ever lived through this. From now on, I'm taking my pumps in a burlesque theater. Much better than walking, mister. (laughs) Say, uh, you said you're out here representing the owner. What's your job? Uh, well, I'm a, an efficiency expert. Oh. Uh, speaking of efficiency, what's your first name? Jackie. Oh, well, in that case, mine should be Gwendolyn. But it's not. It's Johnny. Well, let's not bother shaking hands on it, pal. Here comes the end of the road. Oh, 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 oh. The scenery was jumping around like a home movie. My teeth were trying to find out how much abuse my uppers would take from my lowers. I felt like I was gradually being hammered down from a tall, thin man into a short, round one. And there I was, caught without my rhinestone-studded motorcycle belt. Well, here you are. Want me to help you out? Oh, very funny. (laughs) Get Get lost, you little monster. I admit I look like a bag of bones, but I'm too young to die. Go on, I'll beat it. Oh, be a good dog now. Lie down, Nugget. Down. Yeah, Nugget, drop dead. This is the mine office? This is it. Well, Dollar, welcome to Skull Canyon. I'm Doyle, the manager out here. I'd be happier to meet you if I met you in town. Mr. Dollar's in a foul mood, Jeff. That ride was a little too much for him. That ride would have been a little bit too much for Buffalo Bill. (laughs) Well... That's how Jackie keeps that figure as trim as she does. Now, come on inside, Dollar. That's where the books are, and that's where the chairs are. With cushions, I hope. I'll see you guys. All right. Sit down. Thanks. Oh. Oh. Well, there you are. You'll find all the figures right in that big, fat book. Uh, All but Jackie's. Well, I'm not in any hurry to do my arithmetic. Tell me, uh, what do you think of the results around here? You know more about than I do. How are things going? Well, Dollar, I'll tell you. It was going better than it is right now. Mm -hmm. Just a few months back, we worked out a pay vein. I'm hoping we'll pick it up again any day now. That sounds reasonable. Any trouble? Help, equipment, working conditions? Well, working conditions could be a lot better, but that, that's a geographical problem. You see, the mine is located here, and the big water supply is eight miles west. We haul the ore across the desert by mule train to the smelter. It's cheaper than trucks. We'd have to build a road for them. Not here, hay is cheaper than gasoline. Uh, you'd um, like to take a look at the mine? Frankly, Mr. Doyle, I'd just as soon climb up a chimney. I hate dark, confined spaces. But, since it's part of my job, I might as well get it over with. The entrance into the mine was through an edit, a horizontal shaft into the side of a hill. We rode in on the tail end of a small red dynamite car, drawn by a donkey junior grade, a burrow. 
It was cooler in there, but I started to sweat the minute we left sunlight and fresh air behind us. I could hear the jackhammers nibbling little gold ear bobs out of the quartz rock for the Christmas tree. Then I heard them stop, and Doyle told me why. Uh, sounds like they're about ready to blast. Oh, great. Oh, open your mouth and cover your eyes. Fifty yards deeper into the earth, I was beginning to think that mankind is mighty hard to satisfy. The Lord gave us the world's whole surface. Then we had to go and invent gold mines and airplanes. And right then, I'd have settled for an airplane. Oh, what's the matter, Dollar? You look a little green. Oh, feel a little green. Well, look, look, take some deep breaths and hold them as long as you can. Okay. Yeah, there, that's, that'll perk you up. Well, this is it. Right here is the only place we're working. Uh, it doesn't help. So this is it, huh? Well, let's see the rest of it. Well, I told you, this is it. This is the only face we're working. Okay, you guys. Keep it moving. Hold that off. Fill them up. Come on, bend your back. <laughs> well, let's get out of here, Dollar. Okay, Doyle. I've seen what I came to see. I also figured I had heard what I came to hear. Dinner that night I had with Doyle and Jackie, and a steak they served gave me a rough idea of what they did with their old burrows. Doyle's attitude gave me a rough idea that maybe he'd seen my eyes light up when I heard those jackhammers snorting away in some other part of the mine, just after he had told me that where we were standing was the only place being worked. After dinner, Doyle went back to the mine, leaving me alone with Jackie, which was better than dessert. Uh, by the way, Jackie, just what's your job out here? Oh, I'm just sort of a secretary and bookkeeper and chief driver. Uh-huh. How'd you happen to land here in Skull Canyon? Well, I took the job because I was going to marry the man who was the manager then, Doyle's old boss. I met him in college. He was a mining engineer. His name was Larry Hodges. Well, what happened? I was left at the altar. When I got out here, he was gone. Guess he got stage fright and changed his mind. Anyway, nobody's heard from him since. Least of all me. Come on, I'll show you where you sleep. It was a real romantic night. Old Nugget the dog was carrying on a long-distance conversation with his country cousins, the coyotes up in the hills. The air was soft and warm, and so was Jackie's arm. Stars hung low. And so did my spirits when she bid me goodnight after she introduced me to my roommate. Hiya, sonny. An old mule skinner named Kangaroo. I make yourself comfortable. Oh, fat chance. Well, better than a sand bed and a saddle pillar. Yeah, for a pine shack, this has a mighty fancy floor. What is it, mahogany? Nope. Tobacco juice. <coughs> helps keep out the sidewinders. What do you mean, helps? Little snake critters crawl in out of the hot sun to get cool. Where are you from, sonny? Uh, Hartford, Connecticut. Well, I'll be turned to. I don't reckon it shows through, but I'm an Easterner myself. I'm out from New York State 53 years ago. 
Little town of Prattville. County seat it was. Mm, that's pretty dull. What'd you say? Oh, nothing. Say, uh, are you the one that handles the mules on the run out to the smelter? I'm one of them. Well, how's chances of hitching a ride with you in the morning? You'll have to get up early. All right, then I'll get up early. Well, then stop wasting your breath on a lot of dang fool words. Use some on the kerosene lamp. Quick! Right. I lay awake thinking about that jackhammer I'd heard working the supposedly inactive end of the Skull Canyon mine earlier that day. This didn't take too much pounding into my skull before I decided that Doyle was working on a vein for his own personal profit. I also knew that for him to convert the ore into gold, he had to get it to a smelter. So I figured that the mule skinner, Kangaroo, was the best place to start asking questions. Ah, it's funny how a sleepless night can sour the beauty of a desert sunrise. Get there. The sun's getting awful hot. Why, it ain't nothing, sonny. Some days that old sun's got your tongue hanging out your fur. Get your real nice tan. Uh, how do you stand it? Hey, what's that stomach pump doing way out here? Stomach pump? What in tarnation are you talking about? Uh, that's a clever name for a light airplane. Hey, looks like he's getting ready to give us a buzz. Hey, hey, mules! Hey, you, Monroe! If you ever want to panic a team of mules, just buzz them with an airplane. The second thing I learned was that little canyon we were approaching was loaded with armed horsemen who came galloping out like they were trying to make history at San Ferran. The gunman didn't do anything to me except hold me at bay while the plane picked itself a landing and disgorged its one-man air force. Buenos dias, amigos. Why, you all look happy to see me. Maybe my friend scares you with their guns, eh? Hey, old man. Who is this new boy who rides with you today? His name's Dollar. Right now, I wish it was Hopalong Chastity. Well, let me introduce myself. They call me El Puerco. That's because I look like a pig. <laughs> Maybe it is because I'm so greedy, too. 
want what you got with you. Why, Galdrin, your miserable son, Bates, hide Now, take you. it easy, old primer. It's well, okay. All I've got on me is a wristwatch and a few bucks. Let them have them. And besides, what's he going to do with a wagon load of unrefined gold ore? <laughs> you talk like a little boy. <laughs> I know what you have with you, and I know where it is. It's under the seat, a little white bag. $30,000 of pure gold. In just a moment, we will return to the second act of Johnny Dollar. But first, hardly a clue to start on, and the witnesses' stories at hopeless variance. That was the job that the Birmingham, Alabama police faced in the murder called The Case of the Hue and Cry. Later tonight on Gangbusters, Birmingham's own police chief comes to CBS to tell you how they tracked down the apparently unmotivated murder. Be sure to hear this true-to-life police story, reenacted on Gangbusters. Gangbusters and the Adventures of Philip Marlowe are regular Saturday night features on most of these same CBS stations. Now, with our star, Charles Russell, we return to the second act of Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar. So there I was, Johnny Dollar, efficiency expert. I had efficiently gotten myself in trouble. I was efficiently letting El Puerco walk off with a large pot of your gold and stood a good chance of efficiently getting myself shot in the belly. There we are, amigos. I feel better now the gold is in my little aeroplane. I hope you're not mad with me. You know, I need the money to pay my taxes. <laughs> okay, okay, you got what you wanted. Why don't you take off and get out of here? That ding-dang rascal, he's probably figured on shooting us. Oh, no, old man. I'm a very scientific bandido. You think I want to shoot you and get killed myself for murder? Oh, no. I let you and yours do the dirty work. Well, Manuel, Pedro, Juanito, here, adelante. Take this man and tie them up. Tie them to the stair back to back. And the rest of you tie up the mules in a circle around them, in nice, close. Then I will get them a little aeroplane and dive on the mules. And the mules will kick their heads off. <laughs> Pitching horseshoes may be fun, but not when they're being pitched at your head by a mule. Once we were tied back to back on the stake, the nearest available technical advisor, Kangaroo, was anything but encouraging. That's it, trouble with a gold darn mule. When they get riled up, they think with their feet. Here he comes. I guess we showed him. Yeah. I ain't stunned mules 40 years for nothing. I can handle them. Oh, nice going, kangaroo. Now, listen, Sonny, I got me an idea. Yeah, what is it? Well, go something like this. <laughs> hey! <laughs> oh! Just as the idea, whatever it was, hit kangaroo, a hook from one of the mules scored a ringer around my cranium. Ah, the stars look beautiful. 
It came out in the shape of a horseshoe. And as I slipped into that familiar Betty Buy for private eyes, the world of hit-on-the-head darkness, I could hear Kangaroo's advice, too little and too late. Uh, uh, you see, you can never trust a mule. Never trust a mule. Never trust a mule. long time later, the curtains of my eyelids went up on the next act. But something was wrong. The stage was still dark. The stars were still there, but not in a horseshoe pattern. I closed my eyes and dreamed some more. I was lying near an oasis in the Sahara Desert, and a beautiful maiden was bending over me, kissing me. She was breathing hard. She could have used some sense then. Huh? Nugget, get away from me, you mangy cur. Nugget, get away from him. Johnny, thank you. Huh, what? Jackie, what are you doing out here? Well, take it easy, pal. It's a darn good thing I am out here. You getting yourself kicked in the head. Let's just say the wrong end of a horse got mixed up with the wrong end of a mule. Where's kangaroo? Where are the mules? What's going on? Johnny, relax, relax. Kangaroo and the mules are on their way back to the mine. Oh, where's uh, Pancho Tortilla? Who? There was a Mexican bandit out here. The greatest piece of typecasting since the Gutenberg Bible. Oh, El Puerco. Yeah. Yeah, Kangaroo told me about him. Come on now. Try to get up. Come on. Oh. Uh, yeah. Hey, hey, what happened to you? Your clothes are all torn. Yeah. This is Mr. Doyle's idea of a proposal of marriage. We were mm-hmm. supposed to fly off together to South America tonight been planning it for a long time. Well, what made you change your mind? Oh, you know how it is. Best laid plans of mice and men. Oh, yeah. You're talking to an expert. If everything went all right for me, where would I be next week? Same time, same station. But, but what's your angle? I told you before. I came out to Skull Canyon to marry a man. I've reason to believe that Doyle did away with him. To get his job so he could milk the mine. Well, I stayed on and acted just interested enough in Doyle to get him nice and relaxed. Hoping he'd spill something. Well, so far all it's been is bragging up life in South America with him. Oh. Now, I I hope you can help me. And I know I can help you. How? Well, Doyle set up a refining layout right in the mine. When the gold he's been stealing comes out, it's pure gold. Aha. Uh-huh. Then somebody in the mine must have tipped off El Puerco. Mm-hmm, Doyle did. Oh. He and El Puerco are working together. El Puerco's job was to get the gold across the border and you out of the way. I see. Well, listen, you ever been in the mine? I mean, could you show me the way the refining layout? Oh, no, no. Dogs never let me inside. Well, how about the charts of the mine? They're in the safe. I've got the combination. If we can just get in without Dog seeing me, I can get them. Now, leave that to me. Come on, let's get going. Wait a minute. How do we get back? Well, I came out in the Jeep. Oh, my aching head. <laughs> This is close enough, Star Eyes. We better pull up right here. All right. Nugget, quiet. Say, the wedding may be off, but it sounds like the reception is still on. No, that's the regular Saturday night square dance. Oh. Well, look, from here, which way is the office? I'm lost. Right over here. Oh. Come on, I'll show you. You were in it yesterday. When we rounded the corner of the office building, my heart was doing a dozy doe.
safe was open, and so was the mouth of the fellow in front of us. But he wasn't saying anything. He was lying on the floor, dead. El Pueco, the pig. Oh, what a spot for a big red apple. Tommy, dead. He must come back or something. Kangaroo must have caught up with him. Oh, whoever caught up with him, caught up with him, but good. Come on, let's go take a look for Kangaroo. Careful, darling. Dull may be in there. Boy, tight spots really give that word darling a good workout, don't they? Okay, darling. Wait out here. I'll be careful. Uh, say, partner, you see kangaroo around here? Kangaroo? Yeah. Well, sure. Kangaroo came in here uh, looking for Doyle. Well, did he find him? Well, uh, don't know. Doyle went over to the mine. Is that where kangaroo went? Well, if I was looking for Doyle, that's where I'd go. Thank you, bottleneck. I don't know why I was in such a hurry heading straight into trouble. But the trouble started popping before we got to it. Oh, poor kangaroo. Jackie was only guessing, but I could only hope she wasn't guessing right. Johnny. Hmm? Johnny, I thought I saw something flashing just inside. Probably somebody's last spark of life. Now, take it easy. You stay right here. I'll move in from the side of the entrance. No, I don't... All right. Be careful. Oh. He sure got you good, partner. Okay, Jackie. You can relax. The right man got it. Your play man. Mr. Doyle. Hey, kangaroo! You can come out now. Everything's all right. It's us, Jackie and Dollar. Hey, lady, don't make a move. Well, shoot you down. Hey, what? What? Harry! Hey, lady, Larry, you mean the guy you thought was dead? The guy you were supposed to marry? Yes. Oh, Larry! Larry, darling! I'll, I'll kill you. your first interest was feeding your mules so that you didn't get mixed up in all that shooting. Yep. Poor. Well, I'll tell you. When three bad eggs like Hodges and Doyle and El Puerco get together double-crossing each other, they all gotta wind up in the omelet. They're dead. Sure feels good to get your boots off. That uh, Larry feller thought he was pretty smart. Holding up in that mine with his own private smelter, using Doyle for a front. The only thing was, he didn't figure on Doyle falling in love with his woman. Yeah, who wouldn't? Hey, hmm? for a young fella, you sure talk a lot. How about using some of that breath you're wasting on that kerosene lamp, huh? Right. <laughs> The 
Expense account, item four, $6.10. One quart snake bite medicine, 32 ounces of prevention in uh, case a snake should bite me. Item five, $3.40, with which I purchased the nicest gift I could think of for a gal in Jackie Moreland's position. A telegram to you, requesting that you give her a job she very much deserved. The managership of the Skull Canyon Mine. You see, when she first found out that man she was going to marry didn't love her, she took out her affection on the territory, which makes me very sorry that I wasn't born in the state of Arizona. Uh, expense account item six, $164.35. Uh, transportation, Twin Buttes to Hartford. Uh, expense account total, $947.99, which makes just about as much sense as you can make without making it a dollar. Signed, yours, uh, no charge for that double talk. Uh, truly, Johnny Dollar. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar is produced and directed by Gordon T. Hughes and stars Charles Russell. Script by Paul Dudley and Gil Dowd. Featured in the cast were Dora Singleton, John Daner, Willard Waterman, Fred Howard, and Don Diamond. The special music is written and conducted by Lee Stevens. Your announcer is Paul Masterson. Stay tuned for Lucille Ball starring in My Favorite Husband. Brave, glamorous, and attractive, Lucille Ball was one of America's most beloved comedians. We'll hear her in just a moment on the series My Favorite Husband. But first, I've discovered some wonderful quotes I thought you'd like to hear. She said, it's a hell of a start being able to recognize what makes you happy. Here's another one. Love yourself first and everything else falls into line, but you really have to love yourself to get anything done in this world. I like this one, too. I'd rather regret the things I have done than the things I haven't. And one of the things I've learned the hard way was that it doesn't pay to get discouraged. Keep busy and keep making optimism a way of life. It can restore your faith in yourself. And finally, the secret of staying young is to live honestly, eat slowly, and lie about your age. And now, my favorite husband and an episode first aired in 1950. It's time for My Favorite Husband, starring Lucille Ball. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Yes, it's the new Gay Family series starring Lucille Ball with Richard Denning. Brought to you by the Jell-O family of dessert. And now Lucille Ball with Richard Denning as Liz and George Cooper. Two people who live together and like it. As we look in on the Coopers tonight, George is on his way to work and is about to drop Liz off at Finley's Bookstore where she's going to practice that quaint American custom known as exchanging your Christmas presents. You know, I'm really lucky, George. This book you gave me is the only present I have to exchange. Sorry. I guess I forgot which size book you wore. <laughs> oh, don't be silly. It's just not the kind of book I like, that's all. I have no interest in it. Mm. Oh, then uh, why did you wait two weeks to exchange it? It took me that long to read it. <laughs> yes, that's cheating. No, it isn't. If I didn't read it and find out I didn't like it, how could I tell whether I wanted to keep it or not? Uh, there must be an answer to that. Oh, there's Finley's, honey. I get off here. Well, goodbye, baby. 
Aren't you going to kiss me goodbye? Oh, oh, wait a minute. Oh, George, you don't have to get out and come all the way around and open the door for me. Oh, I wasn't going to. My coat was caught in the door. <laughs> Thank you, Sir Walter Raleigh. Well, goodbye. See you at night. Hey! You forgot to kiss me! Good morning, Mrs. Cooper. Good morning, Mrs. Finley. I wonder if I could exchange this book my husband bought me for Christmas. Well, I think so. What's the matter? Didn't you like it? No. I mean, I didn't read it. (laughs) Well, I'll take it back. Thanks. Here's your book. Thanks. Here's your bookmark. (laughs) I wonder how that got in there. Mm -hmm. They're sneaky little things. (laughs) Now, here's a new book I think you'd like. It's a historical novel, and is it spicy? Look at that cover. Hmm, it does have a plunging book jacket, doesn't it? (laughs) And it's just as good inside. Wow! (laughs) You read it? Half of it. I had to quit. It kept steaming up my glasses. (laughs) See? Say, here's just the book for you. It's about marriage. The Second Ten Years of the Hardest by Thomas J. Crendleston. Well, I certainly don't need it. George and I have been married 11 years and we're very happy. Mm, He's got a whole list of danger signs that tell if your hubby's losing interest. No, no. Mm -mm. You see? Here. Does your husband read the newspaper at the breakfast table? (laughs) Look, if George ever lost interest, I certainly wouldn't need a book to tell me. What was that? (laughs) Does your husband read the newspaper at the breakfast table? Absolutely not. And what of it? (laughs) Did Mr. Cooper read the paper when you were first married? Well, no. Because we were holding hands all the time. He didn't start reading until he learned how to turn the page with his nose. (laughs) Fred, if you don't want this book, let's see what we can... Wait a minute, Mrs. Finley. What else does that dope have to say? (laughs) Number two. Does your husband remember to kiss you goodbye? Hmm. (laughs) What's the next thing? (laughs) Does your husband still open the car door for you? Wrap that book up, Mrs. Finley. That man knows what he's talking about. (laughs) Mrs. Cooper, what in the world is that book you've had your nose in all day? It's a very enlightening book about marriage, Katie. It gives a test to see if your husband is indifferent and a test to see if he's unfaithful. Well, what if he isn't indifferent and isn't unfaithful? Well, then he gives a third test to see if he's alive. (laughs) You certainly don't need it. I've never seen a happier couple than you and Mr. Cooper. Well, we'll see. If George passes the test, I may keep him. (laughs) Well, that's big of you. Here's a test for indifference. Listen. You can tell your husband is indifferent by any of the following signs. A. He doesn't stand up when you enter the room. There goes half the marriages in the country. (laughs) B. He doesn't remember your anniversary. There goes the other half. (laughs) C. He has stopped doing nice little things for you, such as picking up a handkerchief or other items you may drop. What do you think George's score will be, Katie? 
You're not going to actually test him out, are you? I certainly am. Tonight after dinner, I'm going to walk into the living room, drop my handkerchief, and say, George, do you know what day this is? No. Yes. And if George doesn't leap out of his chair, pick up my handkerchief, and say, our anniversary, watch out. Wait a minute. Today isn't your anniversary. I know it. But does George know it? <laughs> we'll find out. Peek into the living room, Katie. Is George sitting down yet? Yes, he's reading the paper. Good. I can't expect him to stand up when I enter the room if he's not sitting down to start with, see? Well, here I go. Hi, George. Hmm? Hi, George. Hi, Liz. Well? Well, what? I just entered the room through that door. Well, that beats coming down the chimney. <laughs> yes, doesn't it? Well? Well, what? Why don't you sit down, Liz? Why don't you stand up? Well, why should I? Is someone playing the Star-Spangled Banner? No. You want to see who's tallest? No. Oh, I know. You want to get this chair. Huh. Well, nothing doing. <laughs> I was here first. And besides, my shoes are too tight. Well, don't just stand there looking at me, Liz. Come on, sit down. Make yourself at home. All right. I will. Oh, Liz, you dropped your handkerchief. I did? Yes, there it is, uh, right down by my feet. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, wait a minute before you pick it up, Liz. Yes? While you're down there, will you untie my shoelaces? George <laughs> Cooper, I hate you! What's the matter with you, Liz? Were you under the dryer too long today? <laughs> I'll give you one more chance. George Cooper, do you know what day this is? Oh, uh... Of of course I do, dear. I bet you thought I'd forgotten. What? I have a present for you right here in the desk drawer. Good heavens, it is something I've forgotten. <laughs> here you are, darling. Many happy returns of the day. Well, thank you. Uh, what's it for? Happy anniversary, honey. This is not our anniversary. Oh, it isn't? I mean, of course it isn't. Happy birthday, darling. It's not my birthday, either. Valentine's Day? No, try Groundhog Day. Groundhog? No, never mind. I give up, Liz. Oh, what day is it? It isn't any day. And what's this box of candy you had all wrapped up? Well, I've had that in the desk for three years. Three years? What for? So I'd be ready in case you suddenly said, do you know what day this is? <laughs> a sneaky trick. I don't get this whole thing, Liz. It isn't any special day. It is, too. It's the day I found out you don't care about me anymore. Liz, what's the matter with you? Don't speak to me, you can't! Did you want to see me, Mr. Atterbury? Yes, yes. Come in, George boy. Is something troubling you? Yes, sir. Well, don't walk around with such a worried look on your face. 
The bank examiners are coming today. <laughs> I'll try to do better, sir. Well, if you can't look cheerful, at least stay down in the vault where they, when they're here. <laughs> yes, sir. What's, uh, what seems to be the trouble, boy? Oh, it's Liz. She's acting very strange. Strange for Liz or strange for a normal person? <laughs> now, strange for Liz. Yeah. wonder you're worried, boy. What are her symptoms? Oh, real goofy. She'll, she'll walk into a room and drop her handkerchief, and if I don't pick it up, she cries. Last night, she made a big scene because I didn't remember it wasn't our anniversary. Oh, she's going through that phase. That phase? Yes, the you-don't-love-me-anymore phase. All women go through it, even Iris. Really? Yes. yes. It happens around the time they decide to finally admit they've reached 30. About uh, their 35th birthday. Uh, but it's easily handled. Well, uh, what shall I do? Ignore it? No, on the contrary. Make her feel important. Shower her with affection. Romance her. That's what I did with Iris. Yeah, how did you do it? I forced myself. <laughs> I meant, how will I go about it? Oh. Well, when you go home tonight, take her some flowers. Oh, flowers, huh? Yes. And then, just as she's recovering from the shock of the flowers, you suddenly announce that you're taking her out to dinner and dancing. Well, do you think it'll work? Go home and try it, boy. You'll be surprised. Mrs. Cooper, are you still reading that book? Yes. Last night I found out George was disinterested. Now I'm finding out why. What does the book say? Well, according to Crandleston, a husband may be disinterested for any of the following reasons. A. Now this is funny. He feels inferior to you because you have a greater mentality. <laughs> well, it isn't that funny. <laughs> Sorry. B. Perhaps there's another... Woman? Oh, now that's ridiculous, not Mr. Cooper. Another woman, huh? As long as you've been married, he never even looked at anyone else. Another woman, huh? <laughs> oh, Mrs. Cooper, you're being silly. Well, we'll find out. Look at this next paragraph. Some sure signs of unfaithfulness. What are they? You can tell that your husband is unfaithful by any one of the following signs. A. If for no reason at all, he brings home a gift like a bouquet of flowers. <laughs> well, I've never seen Mr. Cooper bring you flowers. Well, lucky for him is all I can say. You're safe there. I'm not through yet. B, if your husband suddenly starts romancing you and suggests dinner and dancing. There you are. He passes 100%. <laughs> yeah. I guess you're right, Katie. I'm getting all excited over nothing. You know, I should be happy I've got good old, dull old George. <laughs> Honey, I'm home! Sorry, blows, old faithful. <laughs> I know just what he'll do, Katie. Why, he'll come in, give me a peck on the cheek, read his paper, eat dinner, and fall asleep in his easy chair. <laughs> he ain't much, but he's all mine. <laughs> well, I'll go put dinner on. Hello, George. My darling. Oh, my beautiful wife, you, you look ravishing. 
Who, me? <laughs> you, my little baby doll. Come on, give me a great big kiss. What are you holding behind your... <laughs> oh. oh, George. <laughs> what are you holding behind your back? It's a surprise for you. Close your eyes. What is it? Close your eyes. They're closed. Open. Flowers. <laughs> yes. Uh, how do you like them? <laughs> hey, hey, what, what is this anyway? Oh, George, how could you bring me flowers? <laughs> because I love you. And that's not all. I've made arrangements to go to dinner and dancing tonight. <laughs> you monster! Monster? Oh, Liz, w- w- will you please give me an explanation? Yes, I'll be glad to. Well, what is it? Don't ever speak to me. That's what is it. <laughs> And now back to Lucille Ball in My Favorite Husband. Well, it's the next morning, and Liz Cooper is feeling pretty blue because of, quote, another woman, unquote, in George's life. Katie the maid is commiserating with her. Mr. Cooper's actions last night convinced me you were right about that other woman, Mrs. Cooper. Oh, I guess men are just plain no good. You're right, Katie. But unfortunately, there's nothing else to marry. (laughs) Well, here he comes. Good morning, Liz. Uh, Good morning, Katie. (laughs) Look, Liz, at least you might give me an explanation. I haven't done anything. (laughs) Katie, what is this? I haven't done anything. He hasn't done anything. Huh? I do that too, you know. Thomas J. Crandleston certainly had you pegged. Who? Never mind. Oh, I'm going to make a phone call. Suit yourself. Who do you suppose he's calling, Katie? I wouldn't know. Iris, is Mr. Atterbury there? Uh, no, he's gone, George boy. Oh, well, I'll see him. Wait a minute. Iris, you're Liz's best friend. Now, has she talked to you about something awful I've done? No, she hasn't. But I'm glad you called. What did you do? <laughs> well, that's, that's just it. I, I haven't done anything. Oh, nuts. She's she's acting awful strange. Maybe you could figure it out. Well, tell me all about it. Well, I I can't right now. I'm phoning from home. Uh, Can't we meet someplace? Let's have lunch together. We could meet at the restaurant. Katie, the way he closed the door so I wouldn't hear, do you suppose he's calling her? Oh, he would not right under your nose. Ah, you're right. It's just a business call. Why are you opening the door? Shh. I don't think he's getting enough air in there. (laughs) Oh. All right, then. We'll meet there for lunch. Oh, it is a business acquaintance. Well, 
I'd better go. Liz will be getting suspicious. Oh, I wouldn't want her to know we were meeting like this. What? Oh, you don't know how much this means to me. You're a real sweetheart. Oh, Katie, it is the other woman. I wonder who the home-wrecking hussy is. Oh, some gorgeous, attractive, young doll. I'm too old to hold him. Well, I'll see you at lunchtime, Iris. Iris! Oh, no! Iris Atterbury, my best friend. She stabbed me in the back right under my nose. (laughs) I'll take care of her. What are you going to do? I'm going down to see Mr. Atterbury. Oh, do you think you should? Why not? He's in this triangle, too. And we hypotenuses got to stick together. <laughs> Mr. Atterbury, I'm sorry to bother you with the bank like this, but something awful has happened. Why, Liz, girl, you're crying. <laughs> now sit down and tell me what's wrong. I just found out that... (laughs) I just found out that... (laughs) I just found out that... (laughs) Don't go all the way back to the beginning each time. (laughs) Start with found out. Uh, Found out that George... Getting closer. Now start with George. George. George has another woman in his life. Liz, what are you saying? I just found out. Don't go all the way back there again. I heard what you said. How could he do a thing like this? Now, Liz, there's no sense getting excited about this. Be calm. We'll figure it out. You know who it is? Yes. I overheard them making a lunch date this morning. Be calm, calm, calm. Now, now who is it? Iris. Well, the thing to do is... (laughs) Iris? My Iris? What are you going to do about it, Mr. Atterbury? I'm going to fire him. I wouldn't have anyone with such poor judgment working for me. Would he ever give me up for her? Iris and George, I can't believe it. You know what that young upstart needs? Glasses? (laughs) Besides that, a good thrashing. You said they were having lunch together where? I don't know. Come on. We'll go to every restaurant in town. Mr. Atterbury, mm. when we find George, will you do me a favor? What? Give me first crack at him. <laughs> oh, George. Sorry I'm late. Oh, that's all right, Iris. <sighs> now, tell me all about it. Well, Iris, I've been mulling it over and... Well, I think Liz has a guilty conscience. I I think she's interested in another man. Really? I mean, really? (laughs) Oh, George, you're jumping to conclusions. So suppose I tell you I even know his name. No. she, She let it drop this morning by mistake. Who is it? Thomas J. Crandleston. Has she ever mentioned him to you? 
Not a measly word. I'll never tell her anything as long as I... Uh Uh-oh. Look, George. Coming in the door. It's Liz. And there's a man with her. You were right. Can you see who it is? No, no, wait a minute. It's Mr. Atterbury. Oh, no. Rudolph and Liz. No wonder she didn't tell me. Ah, there they are, Liz. I see them. George. Liz, you and Mr. Atterbury. Irish. Well, if it isn't Rudolph, the red-nosed philanderer. (laughs) Now, just a minute, Iris. You can't bluff your way out of this. Shameless. What? I I think you owe me an explanation, Liz. I owe you an explanation? After I find you in a love nest with an old crow? <laughs> oh, crow! Now, now, just a minute. I happen to love that old crow. <laughs> and you're no spring chicken yourself. Don't forget those red feathers are all dark at the quills. <laughs> Don't you talk to Liz that way, fatso. Why, you washed-out Casanova, you. I'll teach you to run off with my wife. Your wife? Do you think I'm crazy? You ran off with my wife. Your wife? Do you think I'm crazy? I heard you make a date with Iris. Well, I was trying to find out why you'd been acting like an idiot. Me? Yes, and while we're on the subject, I suppose Atterbury isn't Thomas J. Crandleston. Well? Thomas J. Crandleston? You thought that he... Oh, oh, oh. Sit down, everybody. Oh, I have a story to tell you. Once upon a time, there was an idiot named Liz Cooper. <laughs> well, we finally got that straightened out. <laughs> that whole mess just because I forgot to open the car door for Liz. <laughs> well, Liz was perfectly right. You tell him, Iris. Well, here's my car. Uh, after you, George. Hey! Hey! George! Wait for us! Oh, Dad, we've forgotten them again. Oh, uh, I'll turn around. Don't be a fool! Keep driving, boys! Head for the border! Yes, Lucille, where to this evening? Bob, we're going to whip back through the years to some of the greatest moments in history. Tonight, we'll see what happened when Napoleon met Josephine. Okay, will I be Napoleon? Yeah, let's try it that way. (laughs) I'm too tall for the part. Here we go, Wilbur. Hi, Josephine. Hi, Nap. Let's cut a rug. Why? I always wanted to cut a rug with a short nap. (laughs) But I must leave for the Battle of Waterloo. Can't we sit this last one out? Well, okay. We can hold hands. 
You mean hold hands. No, I mean hold hand. You always keep your other hand stuck in your coat. What happened? Did you break a strap on your underwear? No. You got a dishpan hand? No. Are you keeping the baby chick warm? No, you'll never guess. Well, give me a hint. All right. It comes in six delicious flavors. Strawberry, raspberry, cherry, orange, lemon, and lime. Yes. Hmm. What could it be? <laughs> the flavors are locked in so they can't get out till your first delectable spoonful. Gee, I know it as well as I know my own sponsor. <laughs> Look for the big red letters on the box. They spell J. Go on. E. Uh, let me take a look. L, L. Got it? No. Let me take a peek. Ooh! Ooh, Jello. Yes, and Jello spells a treat. The heck with Waterloo. I, Napoleon, the Emperor of France, will stay here and have Jello with you. Wee oui, wee? Oui. Woo! Good night, Nappy. Good night. You have been listening to My Favorite Husband, starring Lucille Ball with Richard Denning, and based on characters created by Isabel Scott Rorick. Tonight's program was produced and directed by Jess Oppenheimer, who wrote the script with Madeline Pugh and Bob Carroll Jr. Be sure to listen to Lucille Ball and My Favorite Husband again next week. Presented by J E L L. Oh, the big red letters stand for the Jello family. Oh, the big red letters stand for the Jello family. That's Jello. Yum yum yum. Jello puddings. Yum yum yum. Jello top. Bioka pudding. Yes, sir. Listen to Lucille Ball and my favorite husband again next week. Bob Lamont speaking. CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Thank you for listening. Tomorrow night, it's The Whistler, followed by Martin and Lewis. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell and Paul Stringer for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great night. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.